Let us pray. Gracious God, this morning as your word is read and proclaimed, prepare our hearts, O God, prepare our minds to receive your word to us today. Use my words or speak in spite of my words, but God, we need a word from you today. And may the words of my mouth and may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, uh, when I read our passage, I'm going to be reading to a people in exile. And, and that really made me think, doesn't this feel a little bit like exile right now? <laughs> it sort of feels like we are exiled into our own homes, um, kind of have nowhere to go. There's this sort of uncertainty about what the future or when it's coming or, or what it's about. We're, we're not sure about our jobs or the economics of the country or illness, anxiety. We're noticing perhaps that, you know, mental health issues are so real as our exile continues because we don't know when it will end. Well, the nation of Israel was in exile in a land far away called Babylon. And what those folks who had been in Jerusalem when it had been conquered remembered was watching their beloved city just get decimated. The temple had been torn down. The wall around the city had been torn down. Buildings and homes had been destroyed. The army had slaughtered almost everyone except for the ones who had gone into exile. And all of those who had tried to protect the city, the, the army of Jerusalem, they had been slaughtered out in the field and then denied by the Babylonians even a burial. They had left them out there in the field just for the wild animals to get. And, and this was their last image of their homeland. Now they had been in exile already about 10 years. And you can understand they were losing hope of ever getting to return to their homeland. And they knew that even if they did some years later, that life would never be the same as it had been. As a nation, they were dead. They were dismantled by the Babylonians. And so it's into our exile and into the exile of those uh, of Israel in Babylonia that, that the prophet Ezekiel has a vision and, and hears what he says from Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. He led me all around them, and there were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived." And stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil, and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When you read the the prophet Isaiah earlier, really just before this, this is the same Isaiah that had spoken really harsh words of judgment against Israel, telling them why it is that they were in exile. But now, now he speaks words of hope. They will live again as a nation, Ezekiel says, because God will cause it to be. And this vision is so, um, so specific that I really want you to, in, to look, walk with me through this vision um, and, and imagine it with your mind's eye, if you will. There's, there's the dry bones. They, we're told they're very dry. They're so dry that they are separated. They are apart from each other. It makes me think of maybe a desert in, you know, in the western part of the United States where, where you see the bones that sort of stick out of the, of the sand somewhere. But uh, imagine an entire valley of bleached, dry bones. And looking out at those bones, God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? Well, if you look at them, the answer, of course, would be absolutely not. Can you, can you see them? But what Ezekiel says to the Lord is, Lord God, only you know. What a great answer. It's a great answer because what looks absolutely hopeless to us, as hopeless as a valley of dry bones, Lord God, only you know. What can be done with that? What is possible? 
And then Ezekiel was told to prophesy to the bones. And, and as he did so, I want you to imagine with me the, you know, they sort of start rattling and coming together and the, the muscle is put on them and then some skin and the tendons. Um, the scattered skeletons, well, they're transformed into individual corpses, <laughs> but they're still just as dead. I can't help thinking when I think about that sort of a vision of maybe the zombie apocalypse or, or maybe, maybe it's the, the army of the dead in the Game of Thrones, you know, that they're coming together, but they're still dead. And then Ezekiel was told by the Lord to prophesy again, and this time to prophesy to the wind, to the breath. In Hebrew, the word is ruah, ruah. And, and in Hebrew, that means all three. It means wind, it means spirit, it means breath. It's all the same word. In Greek, that word is pneuma. And what he's being asked for is for God's breath, God's ruah, to come into these corpses that they may live. And they came alive and stood. You see, they... They weren't alive until they had God's breath, God's spirit. Ruah or pneuma, these two words, they, they capture sort of this richness of breath or wind or spirit. There's really not a single just English word that sort of captures all three of those. But we see ruah, God's breath or spirit or wind, even in Genesis chapter 1, in the very beginning, Genesis 1-2, that God's spirit, God's breath, God's wind, it's blowing even before creation began and it animated creation. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, when, when God has created mankind out of, out of the dust of the earth and then God breathed God's ruah, his breath, his wind, his spirit, and the man became a living being. And, and it's the same meeting that we find all the way over in John's gospel in John chapter 3 when Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus who came to him in the dead of night. And, and Jesus said, you must be born of the spirit. You must be born of pneuma, of God's Spirit. You see, friends, we are resurrection people. The same God who animated the very first humans with the breath, that's the same God who raised Jesus from the dead on the third day. It, two weeks from now, We'll be celebrating Easter, and it will be unlike an Easter, I think, that I've ever celebrated in my life and maybe that you have celebrated in your life as well. Because you know, at that first Easter, people were in isolation. They were hiding away in fear of not knowing what was outside their doors. We're going to be celebrating an Easter an awful lot like that. But we are Easter people, and, and we'll know that that same spirit who in Ezekiel's vision gives life to these dry bones, raised our Lord from the dead. And, and then later on we'll celebrate Pentecost. And it's that same word, God's spirit, God's pneuma, that came across his followers 
and breathed life and created the church in Acts chapter 2. Between here and Easter, we know that there will be Holy Week. Next week is Palm Sunday, and it's going to be a wonderful day. And, and then we move ever closer to the cross. And we know that on the day of crucifixion, on Good, Good Friday, absolutely everything seemed lost. And then the next day on Holy Saturday, it looked like to all the eyes around that nothing, absolutely nothing was happening. Like looking at this valley of dry bones, they were cut off from all hope. Like the Friday and the Saturday following the crucifixion, like Ezekiel's vision of dry bones... Our world cries out sometimes, can these bones live? We look around and we see the oil prices crashing, which, which means people are losing their jobs. The coronavirus that is overwhelming hospitals, separating friends and separating families for safe distancing, even taking the lives of some. We see around us and we watch the economy sort of just tanking um, with furloughs and layoffs. There are those lines at, at supermarkets and, of course, there's still that toilet paper issue. There's fear and anxiety and distress. We are exiled in our homes. We are cut off. Can these bones live? Right now, it may feel like that valley of dry bones or the Friday of Good Friday after the crucifixion or the Saturday, just this sense of limbo, of uncertainty, of desolation. But friends, Easter is coming. These bones will live because God causes them to live Resurrection happens because God brings it about. Our hope, it's not in the stock market. Our security is not found in our health or in our job. We are Easter people, assured of resurrection because God makes it so. For a time, we're sort of living in that now and not yet uh, that time of, of hope, we know the end, and yet we still live in these times. The fullness of God's promise of the resurrection is both here and promised. So I invite you, don't just look around and see the valley of dry bones. Change what you're focusing on. Like, like in Psalm 121 where the psalmist says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. Look around. Change your focus and see those signs of life that are even now springing up. I've seen it in the words of comfort that you have spoken one to another, the checking on each other. For some, maybe, maybe those signs are family time like you haven't experienced in so long. 
puzzles and games and walks together, things that you never had time for, discovering the really silly sense of humor that your children may have or that even you may have, coming up with different kind of games, getting creative with ways to stay connected even in this time of physical distancing, digging deep into your soul in times of prayer or in times of meditation or scripture reading to really get a sense of what are your real priorities, things that you haven't had time to do in a long time. I look outside at my garden and at my pear tree that is blooming, and and I've seen it from some of the things that you've posted, that there are signs of spring all around. There's, There's some places where children are out there writing words of hope on the sidewalks or in the driveways in front of them, and so when people are taking their walks, they are encouraged. There are signs of life everywhere. Yes, yes, these bones can live. We can thank God for the signs of new life in the spring and in relationships, in rest that we are getting, in serving one another in new ways, in new connections that are made as as we reach out to family and friends. This vision that was given to Ezekiel, you know, it was given while the people were still in exile, and it was a promise of what is to come. It is for us the now and not yet of the resurrection hope that we have because we're in exile of sorts as well, exile in our own homes. And and you're invited this morning to sort of catch that vision that resurrection is coming because God is the giver of life. Our current situation will not have the final word God always has the final word. Can these bones live? Will this time of uncertainty and hardship and illness and isolation end? Yes, because God is a God of resurrection, of new life. Look for it. Look for it all around. Exchange anxiety for gratitude as you see the resurrection unfolding before your very eyes. Our hope in God will not fail us because God will not fail us. I invite you to believe it. I invite you to live as though you believe it. Let us pray. God of resurrection, come into our hearts, open our vision beyond our own valley of dry bones to see the life you are bringing about even now. Help us to claim it. Help us to share it. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.